Hi, everybody. My name is Holly Kyle, and uh, I'm here with Tracy Turner Kaiser. And Tracy is a licensed mental health counselor uh, in North Carolina. And today we're going to talk about really beyond the virus. So, you know, everybody's got COVID-19 on their brain. And uh, Tracy and I have had some interesting conversations about what's going on beyond the, you know, the conversations that are really happening. So Tracy, I'm so excited to have this talk with you today. Yeah, me too. It's this, I'm, I'm so excited to be doing this with you, Holly, because, uh, you know, as we've been talking over the weeks, we've come up with wow, you know, this virus is a, a blessing in disguise on some level, right? When you look beyond the virus. And Absolutely. You look beyond, yeah, right? And you kind of get into like, wow, you know, when I'm noticing when I'm working with kids with developmental complex trauma, that the actual ability for them to just be at home and doing a lot less and just being home with their parents has kind of, it's driven the parents a little crazy, but the <laughs> yeah. kids, you know, right, totally understandable, but the kids are really thriving because they have this opportunity for their nervous system just to sit back and, and decompress. So no, no means, soccer games, no dance right. classes, no, you know, so isn't that interesting? I think all of a sudden now we have this room to breathe, right? Yes. And, and I think that one of the things that we really kind of touched on was the fact that there's this virus. And if you're just looking there, and this is what we're talking about, looking beyond it, just looking at the virus, the virus itself causes you trouble breathing. However, mm -hmm. if you look beyond it, because of the virus, we're now at home and we have this extra room to breathe. So I think that's right. just awesome. So parents are a little crazy and I think that's no matter what, but, but these, these kids that you're used to working with, um, you know, particularly with rad, uh, I, I think that's, it's really interesting that this is such a, wonderful time for them to thrive and and do yeah. some things so talk a little bit more about what else you're seeing with them some some changes as a result of what's happening now in the world yeah i think that's a good question and i think what i'm seeing with the parents i mean with with the parents is that they're also enjoying their time with the kids a little bit more and it's hard if the parents will have to be working at home as well right um, so there's, we can talk about that in a little bit as far as like, how do you balance mm -hmm. that the parents need to be working on, on the screen and the kids like not having the entertainment or school or the, the structure of being someplace where that's holding them safe. Um, but outside of that, what I see parents and kids really enjoying is more of that deeper, quiet connection that we get when kids are little, right? We just, mm. when, when, and with infants, we tend to hold them. We just tend to snuggle with them. We just tend, we tend to just be with them and not be doing a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's the important quality, I think, that I'm seeing. Do you think, Tracy, that some of this kind of the you know, and I know we could talk about the fear that, that the media and, and everybody has kind of put on us about the virus. Do you think that fear is, is partially responsible for, um, you know, us bringing everybody closer and, and having that effect with it? Yeah. And that's a good, you know, it's a good look outlook on it that the, the fear of, of going out into the real world is kind of scary because you, you know, that you can literally get the virus that would literally take your breath away. So, you know, if we pull in closer, then we have more time to be more expansive and breathe with each other. Right. And find yeah. that attunement to just connect. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's that nice beauty of balance of, 
you know, like, like you so beautifully said the other week when I was talking to you about how this virus literally takes your breath away, but is giving us time to find space to breathe yes. and be and sit back and relax. And, and I yeah. also think it gives, it gives us an opportunity to look at what's really important, right? Like mm -hmm. some of the things it's like when you take the soccer practice out, then the arguments of finding your cleats and wear your shoes and getting ready to go out the door kind of dissipates. And the real issue of I'm feeling scared, I don't, I don't feel like you love me, or I just want to snuggle with you, or I'm or noticing what I'm beginning to notice, which I think is the topic we're going to be talking about, is it's really putting light on this cycle of safety, security, boundaries, structure, and the defensive quality that we have when we don't have that provided for us. Wow. So that's really interesting, Tracy, to, you know, when you strip away all of the, the stuff where we're just busy, right? We're just busy, right. busy, busy, busy. We're busy going to and from. And, and, you know, when you strip that away, then you get to actually work on what's the real issue, right? So, you know, it's, it, it's no longer, I would think that would be a little freeing as a parent. I know mm -hmm. when, when my son was little and he was fussing about the red Hot Wheel car, it really wasn't about the red Hot Wheel car. And there's, there's all of this kind of, let's strip that away and figure out what he's really upset about. Right. And what he's upset about is that, uh, you know, we didn't spend enough time, you know, reading a story you know, mm -hmm. last night or whatever. So I think that's just, that's a beautiful way um, to say, right now we're, now we're actually getting to the issues um, that, that these children are dealing with. So you touched on this, this whole feeling of safety and security. How does that manifest differently with, with a kid who has RAD um, or, or some of these issues that you typically work with, with kids in, you know, how does that show up differently? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm beginning to kind of get that uh, spotlight on that as I'm talking to the parents and they're just home doing nothing but being at home. <laughs> Is that, you know, I notice like when a child, you know, the important piece that we tend to forget as parents that even conception, the me, the mode, the way, the quality, how that conception took place kind of lays the foundation for what the in utero experience is going to be. And mm -hmm. then and then the in utero experience kind of lets you know how the birth is going to be to a certain extent. And that kind of tells you then how the next three years are going to be. And those three years are so critical laying down the foundation for, and the wiring neurologically, bio, bio, biologically, physiologically, um, and spiritually and mentally and so forth like that of the sense of safety and trust, right? So we talk about how, you know, that a child doesn't feel safe or doesn't feel trusted, they can't trust their parents. Uh, or I hear parents, or I hear kids say, I don't, I can't trust you. And I was like, yeah, you don't need to worry about trusting me, sweetie. You need to worry about, can you trust yourself to discern if you should or should not trust me? Mm. And that internal sense of, is the world safe enough so that I can trust myself to make a choice on that, gets developed at that very, very early stage because it takes that expansive uh, quality of security and safety, kind of know I'm being well contained literally in the utero, in, in utero, to mm -hmm. be able to be expansive and let my cells develop and get wired to trust that the world is gonna be a safe place. So kids that 
don't experience that because of neglect, or abuse, uh, drug, um, their parents don't get enough prenatal care or they're really sick or anything that could disrupt that development has the potential, right? It's not always the case, but it has the potential of, of, of being wired to, I have to defend myself. If I can't defend myself, then I might die. Yeah. And, yes. and, and yeah, so that's critical because to have parents understand that your child is innately wild to have to defend themselves because if they don't defend themselves, they might literally die. Mm. That puts a whole new twist on arguing about if you should put your shoes on or not, right? Right, right. So, so how, as a parent, what are some, some strategies for, for dealing with that? Or, or I guess I would back up a little bit further. Um, are there any kind of hints to a parent as this is what we're dealing with rather than typical, the kid is being defensive because they got in trouble? Um, mm-hmm. You know, at, at what point do you say, okay, it's deeper than that? Yeah, that's a good question. And, I, and I'm still trying to tease that out a little bit. You know, I was like, well, how exactly does that look? Because any natural kid too, we, you know, we, we all tend to t- be quick to defend ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes we tend to defend ourselves a little bit more than, than, the, than the average person per se. Um, and, and then we have to kind of ask ourselves, like, why am I being so defensive? Is, what, what, is there, what is it I feel like I need to protect? Um, and usually it's our sense of well-being. It's our sense of I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guilt is, I think guilt is a great quality to have because if you feel guilty, you're going to be willing to do something about it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's when we get stuck in shame that we, we really defend ourselves. And sense, and sense of shame is really about, I don't feel good about who I am. The world's not a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think coming back to your question, what does that look like? The average kid who defends themselves is like saying, no, 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 I didn't do it. When you kind of give your, when you raise your eyeballs and kind of say, okay, really? You know, they're going to be quick to kind of go, I want to repair the relationship because I feel safe in this relationship and I feel safe within myself. So they're going to, they might just kind of take a big huff and kind of go, okay, you know, I did do it. Oh, parents can tell. No, I don't think that's the truth. Try again. And the kids are going to do that because there's a reciprocal relationship that's based on say feeling safe with that person and with themselves to kind of know that they can trust this person to feel safe with so safety and trust you can't trust kind of go hand in hand the child who has the developmental complex trauma and the reactive attachment disorder their need is if i don't defend myself and continue to say no i didn't do it then if i then I might die, right? So they're mm-hmm. going to defend themselves to, and that's what makes us feel crazy as parents. Cause it's like, you know, I had another parent say, I, I really, I mean, like I knew the kid had done it, but I began to believe that they, that they, that they actually didn't do it. And they were like, and their job was to interview people about if they were telling the truth or not. They're like, and my kid is giving me a run for my money, right? I was wow, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how convincing they can be because they're so convinced that if they, that, that they, you know, that they're, it's like a life or death matter for them. Sure, sure. So, so as a parent, um, when you're, when you're managing that, what are some strategies, um, you know, to, to put into place when that, when the kid is having that, uh, you know, uh, that kind of taking their stand and, and they're, and they're locked in that and stuck in that. What, what do you do as a parent? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And, you know, easier said than done on sometimes, cause you can get into the middle of that power struggle and kind of like, you know, um, 
I think the, the best strategy is to just kind of say, I can see that you're feeling really unsafe right now. Guess what? I'm still your mom, I'm still your dad, you're still my kids, still love you, and you're going to be okay. You are safe. You're going to be fine. And then to give them, give them a little time to just kind of decompress from that. Um, you know, and if they're tearing the house apart, that probably, that line's probably not going to work really well at that given moment. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we don't, you, we can put that line in place before they start tearing the house apart. Sure. Um, but sometimes you can't because it can be really quick. It can come from zero to a hundred really quickly when they're in that defensive mode. Um, and it's just a matter of, of trying not to get into power struggle with them and giving them space to kind of go, I, you know, you are safe. It's going to be okay. Right. Nice. It's like, it's almost like talk. It's literally almost talking, trying to talk someone off the ledge or jumping. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. really kind of that, that operation of like a distraction. Hey, you know, why don't we come eat a bowl of ice cream? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a moment where the parents would say to me, yeah, but they're tearing the room apart. Why would I give them ice cream? And it's like a distraction. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, Hey, come, let me see if I can get your attention over here. Cause we want them off the ledge, right? We don't want them to jump into right. like that life or death situation, which is what they're feeling. So it's like, hi, Hey, come eat some ice cream with me or let's go for a walk or whatever it is that they might, you might find that they might distract them. Yeah. Um, and then once they're away from the ledge, li- you know, literally or physically, phys- you know, just, you know, just kind of imaginary, right. It's just, then we can kind of like, then we can calm them down. And once they're in that, out of that defensive mode, then we can hold them accountable to their behavior. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. It's very easy for me to do that as a therapist because I don't, I don't live with this kid. It's, you know, it's a simple suggestion, which is not very easy to do. So I, I do give, take my hat off to parents that are like, wow, you know, that sounds good. And this is not how it's going to work. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. Right. But it's like if parents can just genuinely authentically say, Hey, sweetie, I tell you what, come over here. Let's get some ice cream. Cause it's usually food like ice cream or something that the kids are going to perk up. They're like, Oh, okay. You know? And then, and then you do, you do give them the ice cream because we're wanting to set them up for success. We're wanting them to move out of that defensive mode of thinking. We're wanting to give them the opportunity to experience like, Oh, I can actually trust this person to, to help regulate me. So, so as a parent, not thinking of it as rewarding bad behavior, but really thinking of it as extending an olive branch and giving them that sense of safety back. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, you know, back to, I want to talk a little bit more and explore a little bit more about this, this time of COVID-19 and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so we're, we're all sheltering in place. We're staying at home. We're spending more time together. Um, You touched on this earlier and I want to dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Parents working from home and having their children at home all the time, that's daunting in, in any normal situation. But when you add these complex traumas and rad, I would think that that makes it a little more complicated. Right. Um, what are some things as a parent who is, is trying to juggle this new normal that they can do to kind of keep it from being an explosive situation? Yeah, good question. And I always say this is when you really get to put in less is more into action. So what I mean by less is more is that less activity, less entertainment, 
less need to kind of keep the busyness happening and more time of just being. This is when I really encourage parents, get that, get that small rug out, you know, get the invisible playpen out. This is my space. Each kid has their own blanket. You put them on that, you give them something to do and you let them know, I'm going to be on this call and while you play with your Legos. And when I'm done, I will come and get you and we can, and then I'll let you know what to do. You don't ever promise them anything because God forbid it doesn't go that way. And then they're going to get stuck on that. But it's very simple, very concrete. There's no questions. It's more statements here. You're going to sit on your blanket while I do my phone call. You're going to play with your Legos. Let me see what you, I'm going to see what you, I'm going to see what you built afterwards. If you could use the blue and the green Legos more, that would be great. And when I'm done with my call, I will come and get you. So that you're teaching them that kind of puppy 101, sit, mm -hmm. stay, and come, right? You're going to sit, you're going to stay. And when I come, I'm going to come back and check in with you. And then we're going to move forward. That downtime gives kids chances to just use their imagination, to reset their nervous system, a chance for them just to be. And, but you have to structure it. You have to give them that boundary, that structure, that sense of security and safety. And then they're going to trust that you're going to come back and get them. Right. And so right? When, when you do that, that is just more reinforcement that, that they can trust you and that they are safe. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, so what are some things as a family, um, you know, so we're not, we're not going and doing all the time. Um, what are some things, and I, I would think this would apply for any family, regardless of, yeah. of what they're going through. What are some recommendations um, for doing some things at home? You know, as far as uh, the, I, you know, one of the things that, that you do that I think is so interesting is incorporating nature. And mm -hmm. so uh, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how that can really benefit, um, especially now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, because the weather's getting nicer and we can be outside if you're able to, you know, if you, ha if you have a yard that's kind of yours and it's, you know, you're keeping six feet away from everybody else in the neighborhood type of thing is, you know, I've asked parents, you know, pick a tree for your kid, you know, like there's a sit spot, right? That they get to just sit there and be with the tree and the trees have this amazing way of, of offering comfort because they're also energy beings and they're, you know, we're all energy beings and electrical currents. Um, and kids are really good at tapping into that, you know, like, hey, build a little fairy house by your, by your tree here. Um, you know, um, and, you know, you get some kids, they're going to pick the bark off and like kind of pull the branches off the tree. And, you know, that might, if you have that type of child, then you, you might want to set it up a little bit differently. But just being able to, to be on the ground and grounding is really important. And I encourage parents to do that as well, especially if you've been on the computer. Like every hour, if you can take five minutes to just go outside, sit on the ground, literally, or put your feet on the ground, that, you know, the earth will ground you. And that's really important because computers kind of bring us up into our head and up into, mm -hmm. you know, out of our, we, it throws our grounding ability off, um, makes us feel kind of dizzy and kind of lightheaded. So that grounding can be useful. And that's why I encourage parents too, to put their kids outside recognize that they're, they're going to figure out ways to entertain themselves. We don't have to be putting them in front of the screen or the television or video games. Um, they're going to want that because that numbs them out, but we're really wanting to move away from numbing them out and waking them up to kind of check in and realize, oh, how am I feeling? How do I feel safe? Um, I've had a lot of kids say to me, you know, I really like 
um, you know, I really like this time where I'm like, just, you know, I'm being on my blanket or just being on, you know, being able to be outside. Um, it makes me feel, and they actually did use the word, it makes me feel safer. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so, I, you know, it's interesting to me because I think that, you know, when you, when you kind of step back and, and you look and you go, wow, so here's a time when, um, you know, we, could be going crazy because we're all quote unquote stuck at home. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing and seeing things over and over and over about how families are becoming more creative together. They're, you know, they're doing puzzles, they're playing board games. They're, you know, it's like, we've really kind of rewound. We're, mm -hmm. we're rewinding and doing things in a less technologically um, advanced way. Right. right, even though, right. Yeah. Uh, I, and on top of that, using these um, these things that that you know, phones and and video cameras and things like that to connect um, on a personal level rather than uh, on a on a technical level. Right. right. So right. you know, I, I love seeing on on Facebook you see people who uh, for Easter, their whole family got together on zoom and, you know, it's like a big Hollywood squares, Brady bunch right. screen mm -hmm. and, and everybody's doing that. And, and you can see there's, there's little kids running wild, you know, in the screenshot, but just seeing that kind of, that's, that's, that's like the, the current family portrait right now. Right. Yep. And, and I love that people are, um, you know, kind of using, it's like your, you know, superhero, uh, you know, we're using these powers for good, for a right. change. Yeah. instead of, of for these numbing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of activities. So, um, yeah, so I think we're, I think it's definitely an interesting time, uh, you know, with, with, if you just don't look at the virus from a pure, um, you know, it sickness kind of thing, it, right. it really is kind of this pathway if we take it to, to wellness, right. It's, yeah. um, you know, because there's uh, is it a bad thing that we're all washing our hands more? Heck no. Yeah, no, right. right? Exactly. You know, yep. Is it a bad thing that, that parents are spending more time with their kids? Absolutely not. Right. Right. Yep. More time with their kids, less time running and doing, and you know, these crazy calendars of, of things. And, and uh, you know, when my son was little, I remember there was just always something to do and we were only, you know, involved in one thing. Right, right. But, but, but there were, you know, and so there are our parents that have just a gazillion things and, and, um, you know, and so now it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as you're forced to, you get the opportunity to reconnect um, and, and really find out who, who everybody is in the family. Right, again. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so super interesting. Are you finding, Tracy, that, um, you know, by and large, the parents and the children both are, are um, benefiting from the, these current circumstances? I think so. I mean, I, ha I think that, you know, I would have thought that a lot of my families would begin to unravel and there'd be a lot more chaos and, and trauma and um, arguing and power struggles happening. Uh, and I've actually found the, the complete opposite, which has been surprising. Um, and I think probably part of it is because it is just, there's not much to do. So therefore you just, there's just a lot of being and, and the benefit of that. You almost get to kind of do that in utero first three years of life again with the kids, even no matter mm. what age they are, just kind of like 
simply entertaining, being there, just being, being there and attuning to each other um, and learning how to read facial cues and learning how to read, uh, how to connect with each other and it's slowing down a little bit. So I think there's a good opportunity for parents just to kind of realize like, you know, if the laundry doesn't get done today, it's okay. It will be there tomorrow. And guess what? Tomorrow is just like today because there's nothing else to do. So, right. you know, if it doesn't happen on laundry day, it can happen the next day and that's okay. What a beautiful um, they, reset. Yep. Really yeah. is. Um, so, you know, going forward, uh, you know, at some point this is all going to be over, right? The yeah. COVID, COVID will be gone and uh, a distant memory. What, what are some things have you thought about, um, you know, when it's all said and done, how can we keep from going back to the way it was? Cause I, you know, I like to think that I, I kind of like this new normal, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to go back to the way it was. So what are some things that we can either do now or, or keep in mind for when that day comes to keep all the good things in mm -hmm. place? Yeah. And I think that's what parents are talking to me about and asking me about, like, how, you know, what, what do we do next when, when we go back to whatever normal might look like? And I think they're recognizing that, you know, maybe that, that, uh, you know, that class or that art class or that swimming meet is not that important. And we can take that off the calendar. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can't do those things, but it's just beginning to, uh, to add one thing at a time and let your body and your mind adjust to that before you add another thing or recognizing like, okay, if I'm going to do swimming this season, then I probably don't need to add violin lessons on top of that. So maybe after swim lessons, I could do violin in the fall. Mm -hmm. There's one activity instead of like three or four all at one given time. Um, Gosh. You know what? So what came up for me when you were talking about that was, um, is like if you're allergic to something mm -hmm. and you know, they're right. testing to find out what you're yeah. allergic to, yeah. you don't add them all in. You do one at a time yeah. and, and then, you know, you can tell what your tolerance is mm -hmm. for that thing. So, you know, um, I, I be allergic to busy, I say, right. you know, right. and, yeah, and let's, great... let's just, let's just go back to, uh, or stay being, mm -hmm. you know, connected. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, well, Tracy, I think, you know, um, any final words about, um, as, as a parent, as a, as a citizen of the world, mm -hmm. looking beyond the virus and, and really kind of getting, getting the benefits of what it has to teach us. Yeah. I think, you know, my take home word would be just to kind of like, uh, less is more, you know, to be, to do be, to be in the being more than in the doing. Mm -hmm. and give ourselves space to just reset our nervous system, um, to take a moment to breathe deeply, to really just uh, connect with ourselves first, and then ask ourselves, what is it my kid needs? What is it that I need at this time? And to step forward from that place instead of always trying to think about, well, I, I should have, I could have, I need to be doing this. It's like, no, you don't need to do be any, doing any of that. Just take a moment, breathe, and ask yourself at this given moment, what would bring me the most joy and how do I connect with my, with myself and with my kids? That's awesome. Well, I, you know, I'm so grateful for you and your wisdom and, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing this again and, and talking about some other topics that uh, hopefully parents can find some value in. For those of you who are listening, who are not familiar with Tracy and want to learn more, um, I can tell you, you can go to her website, uh, fullcirclefamilycounseling.com and you can read all about Tracy and how to connect with her further. But un until then, this is Holly and uh, Tracy signing off. 
and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.